With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's something about German movie, why I made the curator's pick of the Hollywood French community, 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 heart, heart, heart. What's going on, people? What's going on, people? Welcome to another great episode of Hashtag TFR Podcast Live Presents Observations by Crazy D with my special guest host, my sister, Tanya M. Congress. What's going on with you? Let's make sure that you're loud and clear. Come on through. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How am I sounding to you out there? Oh, you sounded great. Sounded great. What's going on with you? Oh, man. Uh, Wonderful morning. Happy Monday, everyone. Uh, Very peaceful morning. Woke up in very, very good spirits. Um, You know, this weekend was kind of challenging, you know, with thoughts of dad and everything. But, you know, I also, with that comes the strength. You know, and I was thinking of him, and then I thought of him and mom, and then that strength just uh, charged me. So um, I'm doing well this morning. Get my usual uh, new routine of my skin treatment, and everything. So today, you're looking at no foundation. Today, you're oh. looking at no foundation, nice, healthy glow. Uh, so I'm, I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Let my skin breathe. All right, that sounds, that right there sounds good. Sounds real good. Listen, people, you are watching us. We are simulcasting live over Periscope, Vimeo, FB on the Film Review, Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society page. Make sure that you like that page. We're also on Tanya M. Congress and also on Crazon Dion and Tracy Latrice, right? And of course, we are on the Film Review Life Channel on YouTube. That's right. We're on YouTube right now, live. Tune in the Film Review Life Channel. Just go there, search hashtag TFR Podcast Live OB. Episode 19, episode 19, and you will have us there. We will be on the chat. The chat is open. The chat and Facebook is open. And the phone lines, 213-943-3358, 213-943-3358. As we uh, get started, without any further ado, what is the topic for today. What is the topic for today? The topic is reparations then, reparations now, reparations the future. Reparations then, reparations now, reparations the 
future, right? So, as we go through this, the discussion concerning reparations for American Blacks, descendants of slavery, needs to be the only discussion coming from out of American Blacks' mouths where it concerns voting. Forget the nationalists or the communists. The Marxism racist train groups both look to collapse the state. Both are run by white extremists on the uh, anarchist side and the accelerationist side. Both need to be reprogrammed with the 1619 project. But, ma but many are lost causes thinking they are patriots when it pertains to the non-distribution of reparations to American blacks. Let's discuss. The phone lines are open. 213-943-3358. 213-943-3358. So our logo right there at the top, right above on my, my sister's on the right side, left side, depending on how you your vantage point is reparations and then you can see the people on the left and the people on the right and it's saying now no now no so what do you have to say about that as before we get started here well i'm looking at this and um i i i'm very perplexed to at the thought of the people um anarchists and all the other special interest groups thinking that they have a choice in this matter. Uh, our government as well. See, either it's going to be one way or the other. It's going to be, and I need to look directly in the camera today. I'm not playing around this morning, alright? Not that I ever was, but I'm really not playing around this morning. It's going to be an atonement or a reckoning. You heard what I said. It's either going to be an atonement or a reckoning. Atonement is voluntary. And it's very wise to engage in an atonement because you have you have a level of autonomy, if you will, in how you roll that out, how you make that atonement. You have a level of autonomy to plan. You have a, a level of autonomy to uh, implement fairness in your decision making and how you you do things. You have a, a certain level of autonomy in coming up with the, the how you divide it, how you calculate and how many years you're going to spread it out over and so on and so forth. So that it's befitting that we would say uh, before, now and in the future, because it's going to take that. So you're, you're making an atonement for what was in the past that you neglected to keep your word on. Number one, several words that you refuse to keep. So that's an atonement for your error there and your lack of integrity there. And then you have to pay for current because of what you're doing, currently doing now uh, to, to keep us, you know, back in not giving us what is, I mean, you're not really giving us anything. You're paying what is due. You're paying what is owed. You're not giving us anything. So we don't have our hat in our hands when we say what we say. Right. This is the reason why we have to take a different direction and a different approach to get this done, because somebody is not mentally apt 
and, and, and is not paying attention to how things are going. So now, um, you know, so you act like you have a, a choice in the matter now. If you don't take the integral route and atone and make right your wrongs, then what happens then is a reckoning. Now, a reckoning is quite a bit different. A reckoning takes account. It takes it's a, an account of a record of everything that you've done and not done, all right? And it incurs its own set of issues. It incurs its own set of problems that go along with it because you refuse to atone. That means you refuse to acknowledge that you even did anything wrong from jump. So now pride and arrogance have you in a place, you know, it, 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 um, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So if you tighten your bootstraps and you sit up in your pride and you say, I don't care what they say, those whatever you call us, porch monkeys, uh, uh, whatever you call us, spooks, whatever a number of names that y'all came up with over the years. I don't care what they say. Who do they think they are? Well, God is about to show you who, who we are. And you know more than you think we know about who we are actually. Let's be factual about some things. Now, reckoning, reckoning is a forced, forced and orchestrated plan that is forced and orchestrated by God, not us. It's just a series of events that will that will follow the, the beginning of the reckoning will appear as one thing, but it is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. It will keep going until the atonement begins. It will keep going until the atonement begins through our generation, through the next, however long it takes. So the, you guys are in the middle of a civil war that we're not too stupid to understand has to do with this reparations issue. Neither one of y'all are in agreement about doing it, or the, some of you are, but it's about when, long as it doesn't inconvenience you. This is not a matter of your convenience or inconvenience. This is a matter of what's right and what's wrong. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. And the righteous are about to be put there no matter what this election comes out to be. It's no longer about y'all. It's about y'all and y'all's camp. It's about y'all regarding y'all's concerns, but regarding us, the righteousness, righteous are going to be in authority. It's coming. Believe it. Mark this day. Mark this day. Believe it. The righteousness is coming. Listen. Boy, 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 boy. Listen. Speaking of atonement, we have more definitions of words today. Hooray! We have more definitions of words today, and we are going to show on this show. So make sure that you share it. Make sure that you like it. Make sure you share with all your friends. Let them know, because today we're going to show you the definitive reasons why we should be talking exclusively reparations everything but first before we get started of course we always have to start with what's going on over the internet which is a distraction this right here people this came across the internet right 
So let me bring it bigger so I can read it here, right? Cuties, backlash, led Netflix US cancellations despite nearly eightfold analytics. Uh, analytics firm says, right? What do you think about that? Is that is that something important that we should be uh, worried about? Uh, no. I mean, we do have a concern with pedophilia in this country, and it is a concern. And we are multitasking at this point, some of us, in the things that we have to address. But I'm not going to uh, see once... We came out with the report on it and the other things that came out and other people did broadcast on it or whatever. That's 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 behind. Yeah, we expected there to be cancellation. So that's just uh that goes with the territory. When we when we reported and other people reported in the same manner in which we did, we expected that. So that's old news. They didn't even have to put that in the news period. Didn't have to put it in the news period because you you remember there used to be a uh, term that the, the old folks used to use concerning fast little girls and say she, she fast woman is she woman is woman, yeah right and really I, I feel for the little girl that acted in this I feel for all of them because they're gonna need a good PR firm because her face is the plaster is plaster she is the poster child for this right and you know the fact that you know depending on how her parents were and who her parents were or are she could have went up to them and said they're, they're talking about doing this and I'm not too comfortable with it and the parents would have shut it down but her being what they used to say fast ass right they used to say that too she being fast may have cost her her reputation in the acting business, right? So, people, here's one. Here's another meme. As we get as we get started, as we get closer to putting the rubber to the road, people are upset at stories with signs that say "mask only." They're worried. They're upset with stores with signs that say "mask only." Now, imagine how it felt when it said whites only <laughs> I thought that was a yeah, good man it, it is good I saw that too uh, this weekend especially when a lot of the stuff that you're selling in there probably came you know from us uh, or had something to do with our uh, gardening and, and farming and stuff like that and then you're telling us we can't come in um you know, I often thought about like when we see those old movies when it was that time period where, you know, our people were going through such ridiculous things. I often wondered what was in the minds of them when they put whites only. Was it just the shade of skin or did they have other kinds of thoughts like uh, we're not clean or we're, you know, I don't know how they could come up with that any more than their own, but um you know, I just wondered what was going through their minds besides, was it just the skin color? No, I don't think so. I think it was just the biology because, you know, science. Dark skin, dark hair, dark skin, dominant. Pale skin, light eyes, blonde hair, stringy hair, recessive. 
So when you get those two people together, this is just biology. When you get two people together, the child most likely will come out looking more like the dominant gene than the recessive gene. And this is what the problem is. When people talk about love, right? Love is really an MFR when it comes to keeping a certain phenotype on the planet, right? Which brings us to this next one. This one came from D.L. Hewley, right? He said, don't tell black people to get over slavery when you still haven't gotten over losing your slaves. Don't tell black people to get over slavery when you still haven't gotten over losing your slaves. When he says stuff, um, don't tell black people to get over slavery when you still haven't gotten over losing your slaves. That's absolutely right. And that really should be plastered uh, just about everywhere in places where that that mindset is held. Uh, they're still holding on to that mindset like there or there's that undercurrent. See, most of that was in southern states, but there are some northern states, too. I don't know if those people migrated from the south, but in certain states like Massachusetts, um, Boston in particular, I lived there and it was an undercurrent of racism and I can respect the ones in that picture more because you know where they're coming from you know where they're coming from their stuff is out front but that undercurrent racism that that covert racism that that right there is jelly but anything that represents a jelly back to me automatically turns my stomach and gets my uh my gold up so I would I can appreciate them where they're coming from more so than the ones that are in the northern states that may have migrated from the southern or descendants of people who migrated from the southern states and they have that that covert racism i'd rather it be like that so i know exactly where you stand exactly where you stand yes 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 so which brings us to this one this is for all the less informed folks who were cheering for Obama Biden's the dreamers as I mentioned before this is the last election that the Dixiecrats and Republicans will fight for the black vote they are really competing for the Latino vote right and what does it say here let me bring it so I can read the caption in the thing opinion Trump's Latino support could earn him the White House. Here's why they're with him, right? Here's why the Latinos, the Latinas, the Hispanics are with Donald Trump. Now we've been talking about this for a while and we've been talking about shooting yourself in the foot, right? We've been talking about shooting yourself in the foot. When you, when you follow your slave masters who say, we're not gonna ever talk to this man at all. 
and you don't sit down and talk to the man and at least discuss with the man because that's what politics is. Politics is discussing, uh, uh, coming to agreements on some things. On other things, you might say, not so much. I'm not going to come into an agreement with you, right? All right, people. So let, let, let's get to this now. Let's get to let's get to some definitions now. Let's get this started. Make sure that you smash the share button and let the people know that we are on because we're getting ready to drop some definitions that you need to see. And we're getting ready to show you the reasons why the only thing that we should be talking about back then, now, and the future is reparations. So let's, let's, let's go with this first. Let's go with the definition of what uh, reparations are. Reparations, the making of amends for a wrong one has done by paying money to and otherwise helping those who have been wronged. Sub-definition, the compensation for war damage paid by a defeated nation, right? Now, most nationalists and anarchists, I would say too, believe that one, that it's a failed nation. So they're fighting and saying that America is not a defeated nation and thus and so we're not gonna pay reparations to American blacks because they did not defeat us. So a lot of nationalists take that definition and run with it, but really, Reparations are measures taken by the state. The state. Remember, we always talk about the state, and we talk about how the anarchists want to collapse the state, and the accelerationists want to collapse the state. So why would we be Marxist or racist on either side when both want to drop the state because it is about this reparations then, reparations now, and reparations in the future. Reparations are measures taken by the state to redress gross and systematic violations of human rights law or humanity law through the administration of some form of compensation or restitution to the victims, right? That is as clear a definition of what reparations is then, now, and the future. 213-943-3358. 213-943-3358. And we have a phone call. So we're going to bring the line up here and bring in 504. I think I think 504 is uh, Louisiana, if I'm not mistaken. 504, are you on the line? Oh, God bless you. I was listening, but I'll ask, let me see if I can get this clear though. So, did the defeated party have to pay reparations? Is that what I hear? Okay, uh, definition? okay, wait a minute. Say, say it. Say it again. Let, let me turn you up a little bit because I didn't get it, get it clear. Go ahead. Say okay. it again. Yeah. Okay. I just tuned in. I was listening, but uh, you said the first part of the definition didn't say that the, the defeated party has to pay reparations. The deceited. Okay, you mean the the, the, the party? No, no, no. That's a side definition that I said that the nationalists yeah. like to use 
where the nation who was doing damage, like Germany had to pay, they were defeated, but they had to pay the Jewish uh, people uh-huh. restitution for okay. what they did to them, putting them in concentration right. camps and boiling them, you know, doing experiments. Right. So that's the, okay. so that's the right. definition that the nationalists use to try to say right. that uh, American blacks did not defeat America, so thus this is why we shouldn't give reparations. But I also gave the other two know, definitions. Right. Yeah. Now, does that apply to, apply to what you, you no, know. they not know. Does that apply to why Haiti have to pay France? <laughs> well, you know, when they came into that, by, by Tariq Nasheed's 1804 movie, they came into that agreement uh-huh. because uh, uh, France said, you owe us because we made we made so much, so many dollars, so such and such, such a commerce, such a this and this and this. And if you don't, we're going to invade yeah. again and there'll be an endless war. So they went on and started paying France, but really France right. should have been paying them being it was their land. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And then I understand you have like the uh, slave owners receive reparations too, right? Because they were making so much money off our African American ancestors that some of the slave owners received money from the US government. Is that right? Well, that that is true because during Reconstruction, there was a back backdoor deal with cigars and uh and whiskey or scotch and they made the decision then to hand it back over and it was some other people that were involved that we're going to get into uh in in future shows but there were other people involved and yes so you know they got paid for that and they got their land and their possessions back then they started sharecropping how you like that then it went into the nadir. So the sharecropping, 13th Amendment, they started putting them in jail, chain gangs work for free, still doing the same thing that slaves were right. doing when they were in bondage. How about that? Yeah, they Okay, so let's take that. Let's take that thought, because you're you're in Louisiana, correct? Yeah. Uh, one one of the biggest slave ports, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and also also uh, uh, slave farms too, right? Breeding farms too, right? Yeah, yeah, breeding farms, plantations, all those sort of things, right? Uh-huh. And, and then you had the. Creoles who also own, own, own slaves too, correct? Yeah, you have a few blacks at this point in time who own some African Americans. I guess the Creoles are like the descendants of the slave masters. I guess they had some wherewithal to buy plantations by slave masters while they were at it. Yeah, because there's a movie out called Cane River that we reviewed last year that uh-huh. talks about a love affair between a descendant of of the Creoles and a, uh, I'm gonna say American black woman who were once, uh, her people were once owned by Creoles in this relationship and it goes into right. telling this called Cane River, but do Cain the River. Creoles have to pay reparations? Mm. Wow. Yes, I heard, but the Creoles have to pay reparations. Yes, really. 
Have you heard anything about that? No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm asking you. I'm asking you as a person who was in yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. No, no. I know you hadn't heard anything about it, but we we hatched that on the show because you know when they when they talk about reparations, it's going to be more than just the United States government that's going to have to pay up, right? So do you do you yourself believe that the Creoles? Should pay reparations if they own slaves. Yeah, I would definitely say so. Yeah. Okay, so so do do the um, African tribes who sold slaves do they owe reparations to to enslaved people? I understand their form of slavery was not chattel slavery, but. Okay, because you know, you probably haven't read that article in the New Yorker magazine, my great, great grandfather, the slave trader. You probably haven't read that article, but it's on the internet. It came out in 2018, and she talked about once the mid-Atlantic or the transatlantic slave trade ended, there was a surplus of bodies, right? Because there were uh, the Igbo, the Igbo was one of the tribes that owned slaves, and they would bury that when the slave master died or the slave trader died, they would bury the slaves that he had alive, alive. He's died, he's dead. They bury him alive. Is there reparations that need need to be paid from the Africans? Yeah, they Charlie, yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, thank you for calling. You know, I just wanted to get some context because you are in Louisiana. You are in Louisiana, and that is one of the largest slave ports where it was actually happening, really going down. Besides Baltimore, Philadelphia, anything by the water. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, appreciate yourself. First time I've heard it, and I'm trying to tune in more. All right, thank you, thank you, appreciate you. Thank you. You too. You too. All right, so people, that was good because you know we have to, as we're going through this reparations situation and what we're talking about, we're talking about primarily what the United States government is up for for what they did, right? But. There's also other people that have to pay, you know, pay for what they did, right? What do you got to say about that before we go on? I think that was a pretty good call. Uh, You were asking about the ones that sold slaves into slavery. See, I've heard the excuse um, that, well, they didn't really know... Uh, what all was going to happen to the people that they sold and and stuff like that and they didn't know they would go through all of the, um, the slave ships and the passage and all of that all of that is crap um the fact that the, the bottom line is to you um for some free labor and i don't know if your country was already poor at that point and needed money or you were greedy and just wanted more money. Whatever uh, side of the coin and it's on, uh, you sold 
people, these were that's like selling yourself, which you basically, uh, uh, because throughout all of history, you and your descendants are looked at, at, a, at a in a particular manner. That's the reason why there can really be no reconciliation now uh, between the two, the American Black and the African Black. Now, I'm not strict or anything like that, but there is a dividing line. There is a point of demarcation because of the offense, the offense that has never been uh, apologized for, never been repented of, else that we wouldn't have this reparations discussion. All right, and you guys are very much involved, just like you sold uh, people to to be brought over here for free labor. Now you partake in the repayment plan. You must partake in it because you partook in the benefit when you did the selling, and because. I'm not sure what the primary religion that was being practiced over there. I'm sure it wasn't so-called Christianity, which is a whole nother issue. However, whichever one it was, the book says, we all know what the book is. The book talked about man stealing. And though uh, just because they bought the people from you, I mean that that wasn't man stealing. So you participated in two offenses. You sold people and you participated in man stealing because those people were taken off their land involuntarily uh, where they resided and was forced into forced labor, forced breeding, forced uh, everything. And so you participated in man stealing too. That may have to do with the impoverished in certain parts of Africa now because they, that's a curse for having did what you did. So now you spend time, a lot of you spend time struggling to, uh, you know, make ends meet, struggling to feed the kids. You know, we got feed the children. We got all kinds of stuff going on, um, you know, uh, charities and stuff. Go back and help repent of your curse. That's all. Repent of your deeds. And then get engaged with your brothers that you, your brothers that you sold uh, people into slavery with and come up with a reparations plan. You must partake. You must. You know, from what, what I see, I mean, uh, 213-943-3358. If you want to come in and just listen, just come in and you can listen. I forgot to tell people, press one on your touch town dial uh, technology created by a black woman to make the touch tone dial. Use your touch tone dial, press one, and I'll see the sign that says that you want to uh, participate in the conversation. Other than that, feel free to just listen. And if you have a comment, just press one on your touch tone dial and we will chime you in, right? So people, let's go for further. Let's look at the word redress, right? Because that was a word that in there, the redress, right? Redress of grievances. Let's look at the word redress. In the redress system is a government system operated by the legislative council to receive and handle complaints from members of the public who are aggrieved by government actions or policies, right? Policy a course or principle of action adopted or proposed by a government, party, business, or individual. A sub, sub a definition, 
prudent or expedient conduct or action. So in other words, they have long gone without being prudent and expedient on taking care of this. And as they choose not to take care of this, the price tag is getting larger and larger and larger and larger, right? We're looking at one, one group of people said 250 trillion, 250 trillion. And if they keep on going, it's gonna be 500 trillion. So they should come up with, with uh, negotiations and, you know, trying to figure out how to do it. Here's another definition. Let's go through and figure out what government is. Like, see, we throw these words around, but we don't really know what these words mean. We don't know what it means to redress the evil of slavery through reparations provided by the United States government, right? So let's look at government. What is government? Government is the system of people, laws, and officials that define and control the country we live in. The U.S. government is a representative democracy with three branches. The three branches of U.S. government. Legislative, makes laws, Congress, House of Representatives, and Senate. Executive, carries out laws. President, Vice President, Cabinet, most federal agencies, Judicial, evaluates laws, Supreme Court, and the lower courts in the United States of America, right? So we're going through these definitions because we have to understand what these definitions are, right? So let's get to really putting the rubber to the road and let's look at this presentation that I clipped up here. Let me go over here to the media. Let's go right here. All right, people. So let's play this. This is a definitive edit on why it should be reparations then, reparations now, reparations the future, before we even talk about doing anything else. 213. 943-3358. The chat again is open on YouTube. The chat again is open on FB. Let's go through this real quick, right? Let's go through it. We went through some definitions and we're gonna come back and bring some more, but we want to uh, go through this real quick and bring this through. So let's, these are different memes and clips that I've, I've uh, Seen, displayed over the internet over the time and so we put them all together in this presentation and we're gonna, we're gonna stop and analyze as we go along here we go problem exists because white people think they're better than black people and they want to oppress us and they want us to allow ourselves to be oppressed this is the big i agree with you uh perfectly this is the basic problem then what do you that white people uh, think they're better so than I can others I can't. okay so he asked the guy he says if you are I agree, or I agree, super host, I agree, I agree. Sounds like John Boehner, John Boehner. Didn't John Boehner sound like super? For those in Cleveland who used to watch uh, Saturday mornings with super host, didn't John Boehner sound like super?
Berkholz. And this guy sounds like the standard Caucasian guys that we will hear on a channel that, you know, we all grew up on watching in Cleveland. WUAB Channel 43. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree. This is something. And this is something. And he says, well, then, if you agree, why are you talking to me? What can I do about it? And so let's let's let this brother hit this home. Now this is the 1960s. We should have been talking reparations then. Let's continue. Solve the problem. You guys pull the strings at closed schools. You guys draw the boundaries that keep our kids restricted to the ghetto. You guys write up the restrictive covenants that keep us out of houses. So it's up to you to talk to your brothers and your sisters and persuade them that they have a responsibility. We've assumed ours for over 400 years. First, you now see. This is that hamster wheel that we talk about, right? It's that hamster wheel. Now this is the, that was the 1960s. And what was the message? Tell your brothers and sisters, you have to reach out. We have done what we could do to tell you that the system that has been made, it was built off the backs of American blacks was not a fair system, it's such and such, etc, etc, this and that, all kinds of movements, we went over here, we went over there, we found out that this movement is no better than that movement, because when it all comes down to it, they don't want to, they didn't want to talk about reparations then, but we should have been talking about reparations then, reparations now and reparations the future so let's listen to the next guy beautiful brothers just making sense out here another one still relevant today from the 1960s this is this is a devastating indictment on this system right and all it needs to do is admit that it needs to redress our grievances and come with a reparations package that is comparable to what it would be worth today for us to be satisfied to not be disgruntled employees of the United States of America right. Corporation. Tell us that it is manly to keep your word, All right? If you are a man, you keep your word. And now all of the black people in this country are demanding, and even the black people in the whole world are demanding, is that you keep your word. You told us we were free. Well, then show us that we're free. You told us that there is justice, equality for all in this country. Well, then stick to your word and let us see the justice and equality for all. Initially. Okay. So let's pause right there. So what do you have to say to that? right there real quick real quick see what you got to say to that uh, both of those brothers uh, made some very poignant points and I am just I'm sitting over here smiling because the sense was being made then and you just before you started the clips you said you mentioned we're at about 250 trillion now and if they keep this up we're going to be at about 500 uh, trillion dollars because they just refuse to address the issue see it's continuing to accumulate because there's been no incentive you know we went trying to kumbaya you know trying to say why don't y'all do the right thing you know 
But now in the 60s, the guy in the barbershop, he's like, well, go tell your brothers and sisters. You know, you go speak out to them. We can't speak to them. You got to speak to them. And that was taking the high road. You know, it was taking the high road. It was like, well, since you agree, you know, then go ahead on and get started. Start, start your movement. Start your thing. Get your thing going. And so, but here's my issue with that. You can't tell a people who are innately jelly bag. Now, I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to qualify what I just said. See, when you are uh, a people who have started out, you started the whole thing in deceit. Even though y'all, you know, the Africans have sold the people and, and y'all brought them over, y'all deserve each other. But you started it in deceit, right? You started it in deceit. So deceptiveness from the very beginning automatically implies that there is either selfishness involved, self-centered, self-seeking, um, or whatnot, and fear. So there's a self-centeredness and there's a fear. So now you have a people and, you know, I got to tell it like it is and just whoever's listening, if you are Caucasian, you know, own it, own what I got to say and, and, and trace back history and see that I'm right. All right. When you have a people that are innately what I call jellyback, jellyback is not having a backbone sidebar if you see a mouse a mouse doesn't have a spine a mouse can completely flatten out like a pancake and slide up under a tight door space a mouse can constrict its body the size of a pencil and get through a hole because it has no spine all right so this is what i'm saying you're speaking to a person and he's speaking to a guy saying he agrees with him I wonder if that same guy would have agreed if he was standing there with about 50 other white folks with this guy. See, you know, the the, <laughs> the premise of gangs is being, you know, amongst a group and you have more strength in the number. And for some reason, people get more chutzpah. They get more chutzpah when they're standing in a group of their peers, right? So I'm wondering if he were not the lone white guy in the barbershop that day would he have been inclined to agree? When he looks around him, ain't nothing there but but black people. So of course he's gonna agree. He's not gonna stand there and say, oh, I disagree with you. He's not gonna do that. So he never went out and said anything to anybody about what that guy said to him. He didn't say anything to anybody. Why? Because he was already partaking of privilege of being who he was. And secondly, there was no... Uh, you have to double back on fear so there was no fear of a repercussion in not doing it see responsibility is one's ability to respond to that which is put before them and so you have an ability to respond that's the responsibility these people have been non-responsive to their area of of, they've been non-responsive like somebody did and needs some defibrillators they have not been responsive to what it is so now by the time we get to the second guy you know the second guy is a little bit more uh he's not as gentle with what he said so he's a little bit stronger in what he said just a little bit just a smidgen 
stronger than the first guy, but ain't nothing changed. I don't know how many years it was, or that was among the 60s, but 60s lasted nine years, right? From 1960 to 1969. So we got nine years we can consider between the time that those conversations took place. And still, in nine years, uh, you know, just figuratively speaking, it was no change. So at the end of nine years, let's say this is the second conversation was 1969, you're still talking about, you know, asking. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so look, you know what else doesn't have a spine? A leech. A leech doesn't have a spine. You know, it just swims around and grabs you, right? It leeches off of you and it eats from you. Now, next up is Claude Anderson, right? Claude Anderson, right here. That's Boyce Watkins, right there. He's on Boyce Watkins' show, Claude Anderson, at least once, twice, once a week, right? And he breaks down some things. So let's break down some things that we've been talking about, right? We've been talking about critical race theory versus what is implemented right now. Critical critical legal studies, right? And you can go back and watch our previous episode where we talk about what critical, our previous episodes where we talk about what critical theory, critical race theory is versus critical legal studies, right? Make sure that you smash the share button on this. Smash the share button on this. Smash the like button on this. Make sure that you go over to the Cash App, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live, dollar sign TFR Podcast Live, and put a few dollars on there, right? So we can continue bringing you these type of programs when we bring you definition, when we bring you information while still being extremely entertaining, right? 213-943-3358. So Voice Watkins has has a Claude Anderson on his show, right? And so Claude Anderson informs us to this right here as he talks about population. Now, what he's talking about is a report that came out in 2001 that laid out what Claude Anderson has had in his books, his multiple books since the 90s, giving you the blueprint to how this works, right? And so he's telling you in 2001, they came out a report and they were telling about the population in uh, during uh, right after slavery, so here we go. There were only two groups in the country at that time. That was uh, blacks and whites. That was the only two groups of any consequence, blacks and whites. Well, and that time, well, Indians weren't well, even included. What year, what year is that from? This was August 13, 201. This is what I was saying. They finally put it out, saying, I'm, here's what that Dr. Anderson is saying. That time, you had two groups. You had, you had these, you had these uh, five and a half million black folk at that time, and you had the rest of whites. Indians weren't included in anything. Indians were not included. Were... Okay, so this, this has to be very clear. When people start talking about Indians and what the natives were doing, they, aren't, they weren't the same natives that were there in the initial beginning. The first thing that the so-called European explorers saw first people that they saw were not 
the mongoloids that came across the land bridges 15,000 years ago and co-opted the look of the natives that were there. If you ever see these porcelain figurines, they show you who was there and they give you descriptions in the history books of the coarse hair and the dark skin and they even call them Ethiopian, right? So when he's telling you this about the natives didn't do anything, they were out the loop. It was basically even in number and then the Europeans started, the, Europe, the Euro-American as the Europeans call them, began to import more immigrants with the tag Caucasian white to build their numbers against the now what we call ourselves American black. So let's continue on. Not include, they were put into a special protected category. And so you didn't have any, there were, at that, in the, when the Civil War ended, you only had something like about 4,000 so-called Hispanics, they would have called Mexicans and Chicanos that time, in the entire United States. Today I'm also pleased to announce that I will soon sign an executive order. Now this is what we call critical legal studies, right? Now you know about the 1619 project, right? Donald Trump is signing legislation, he didn't sign legislation, he signed an executive order that will form a commission that would study to bring the curriculum forth that will be a patriotic 1776 uh, curriculum, right? Where it only dealt with what happened at 1776, not what happened to former America, which starts in 1619, and not the nearly 100 years plus that it took that American black people, or let me say then, enslaved black people, built the country and brought it to the point where they could even emancipate themselves from England. Let's continue. But this is what it is, and people have been playing around, and they did not realize that critical race theory was already circulating since 1989. But we talked about that in the previous show. We're not going to back up and go to our previous show, our show on Friday, and we lay it all out for you. Establishing a national commission to promote patriotic education. It will be called the 1776 Commission. The 1776 Commission. What are you people playing around with? You're going over here to the anarchists. Yeah, some people over here with the accelerationists. And neither, both of them are white extremists. And neither one of them are interested in reparations for you then, reparations for you now, and reparations for you in the future, right? What are you doing? You see? This, what's happening out there in the streets does not amount to a hill of beans when legislation is being passed. And legislation, what you learn about Euro-Americans or Europeans is what's on paper is what they go by, no matter what you're talking. Let's continue.
Thank you. It will encourage our educators to teach our children about the miracle of American history and make plans to honor the 250th anniversary of our founding. Think of that, 250 years. See, now they're taking away time of their founding. Now, if you watch hashtag TFR podcast live uh, just past Sunday evening at 5.30, we come on at 5.30 p.m. Pacific uh, Daylight Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, you heard us talk about a movie called The Sand Pebbles, right? That talked about, and we broke down a brief history going back to to how all of this kicked off where America was involved in this situation with this, this is a fictitious story, but it's based on the actual patrols that were happening in China at the time on gunboats such as the one that's described in the sand pebbles. As we go back, we talk about Russia. Did you know that Russia, Russia's form of government is not as, as old as America's form. You, you think that it's been a long time because, you know, they it was there, they were over there and their history kicks off first, but they've had many changes of government because they have not been able to remain stable. Like it used to be the USSR as my sister and I grew up, but now it's supposed to be a democratic such and such and such, but they have uh well, we're going to get to that, but let's continue with this. So when you read history and you listen, and when you read it and you research, you find certain things out that are amazing. And when we found out that critical race theory, which is based on the thoughts of Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, the Panthers, and we found out that was circulating since 1989 and no one was telling American blacks that it was not exactly the same as it was in the 60s because the some Caucasians, rich affluent Caucasians were trying just a little bit doing what the guy said at the beginning of the clip go talk to your brothers and sisters let's continue only 4,000 only 4,000 at that time what you had, guess what, you had 5.5 million blacks only 4,000 Puerto Ricans in America at the time. Five, let's continue. But when Hispanics said, we're going to close this power down, loop down, where we're going to displace those black folk. We're going to displace them, as I told you, in 1974. And by the year 2000, we're going to take black folks out. And so by, and so, so from, 19, from 1866, the end of the Civil War, to the year 2000, guess what? The Hispanic population went up, Dr. Watkins, from 4,000 to over 100,000 because they were pouring into the country then. They, they'd never been subjected to slavery. And what most people don't know is that Hispanics were the third third greatest enslavers of black folk around the world. Okay, so when we're talking about coalition, when you research, when you have historians telling you the third largest enslavers of black bodies and you're talking about coalition and you don't see why you're not advancing 
Oh, we're going to break this down tonight. Make sure that you smash share. Smash the share button with your people so they can watch this. We're breaking down why it should be reparations then, reparations now, reparations the future. And if we're not talking about that, we are not talking. We're not discussing with you anything. We're not discussing coalition. We're not discussing being Marxist. We're not discussing discussing being accelerationist. We're not discussing anything but what is owed to us. And we're not discussing that. Then if you don't want to discuss that, then get out of our face. Everybody has enslaved black folk. Now, don't just pick on white Europeans. If you're going to pick on white Europeans, you got to get everybody. Because you see, all these other groups in America are classified as whites. Blacks don't even know that. You got all these educated blacks with all these damn degrees, master degrees, doctor degrees, in, in professional areas, and they don't even understand that. At this country right now, by federal registers, they classify anybody coming to this country except black folk as being whites. And I would add that they have Egyptians come in, and they are also classified as white. I'm talking about dark Egyptians. Egyptians that are, they look like they come from the Sudan, right? The ones you don't see on TV. They also, they classify the Ottoman Turks as white, but they also classify all Egyptians as white. Let's continue. You know why? Because all the wealth that was mass maldistributed in this country. I am minding my business. That's what I'm doing. Okay, am I, am I in front of your house? Am I in front of your house? You gonna call? You calling the cops because I'm black? Is that what it is? No. Okay, why are you calling because the cops? You're in front of my neighbor's house. You need to leave. Why do I? This lady calls the cops on a black census worker in her neighborhood. What is it about people calling on people talking about you don't belong here? Like, isn't this a free, pluralistic society? where people with many different thought processes can coexist at the same time and people can walk to and fro freely, isn't that so? That's why it should be reparations now, reparations back then, and reparations in the future because we wouldn't even have to worry about this because we will be in our communities building our economy, making our connections with overseas businesses in different places to exchange, to sell our goods. Let's continue. You need to leave. Because you don't have a reason to be here. Oh, do you know? Do you know? What are you doing here? Do I, I, uh, who are you? Huh? Karen. Is your name Karen? Is your name Karen? <laughs> I'll call the cops. I'll wait for the cops, actually. I have no problem on that. Y'all gonna learn to stop messing with black people. You gonna learn to stop messing with black people. That's, that's what you're gonna learn. Just cause I'm black and I ain't bothering you. You think I'm a threat? Because if I- Mr. he said, he said, uh, just because I'm black and I'm not bothering you, you think I'm a threat. Now those words were flipped around, but you see that right there though, even though it was flipped around and he meant to say, I'm not bothering you, I'm not a threat, but it's because I'm black, 
right? Right, because right, because they say that right, but they disconnected me somehow. Um, they disconnected me from uh, blog talk. How about that? But anyway, look. So, but he said, but he's saying because they want to be, uh, they want to have some interaction and feel like they are important. That is what it is. So even though he said it. Uh, the words were flipped around but it was true what he said it was it was none truer statement than he said than that right there we're back on uh blog talk 213-943-3358 i don't know how we got disconnected but we're back we're back doing what we're doing so let, let's let's uh <laughs> I take a break and just shake my head. I just can't believe it. I just can't believe it. I, I can't believe it. That that just happened like that. It's a, it's amazing. Let's let's continue on. I was white. You probably went to college. Whiteness. That's why everybody wants to be white. They're branded. Hispanics on that sheet I just showed you. Hispanics over this end. Hispanics didn't come into the were they included until way over here. And when Hispanic when they, in the 1970. When I was in the, with, with, with President Carter in the White House, that's when his was his when the Hispanics ceased right there being they ceased being Hispanics, and they, when they wanted to be called minorities, because that way they said black folk only had any benefits. We want to share them, even though we haven't suffered. We didn't. We we have never been enslaved. As a matter of fact, we were enslaveders. We enslaved blacks. Blacks were the victims. But if they get anything, we want to get some of it too. So they can begin to, so they begin to call classify themselves as minorities. And guess what? You look at that, look at the front page of the Black History Reader. Same thing with Asians. Asians didn't start pouring into this country until about 1970. After, after that 1965 civil rights law, law was enacted, 1965, 1966. Our civil rights leader sat there on their dead asses and let them take classify all these immigrants as being equal to black folk. The most the greatest thing you can do is try to pretend that somehow equals, that, are, that, that people that are unequal are classified as equal. So they started classifying all these fabricated minorities, women, gays, Hispanics, Arabs, Asians, classifying them as minority or people of color so they can be equal to black folks. If any bag of money comes out or any money goes on the counter, has to be divvied up with them, split up and die with them. And Obama did the same thing with the, with the, with the Indian lawsuits that I'm, I'm opposed to. And I'm pushing my own version of the black how is it that you have a group of people who did not go through the same things that you could, all those set-asides, all the things that Martin Luther King fought for, Civil Rights Act 64, 65, Voter Rights Act 68, Fair Housing Act, how is it that all of these different immigrants come in who did not go through, and those are supposed to be the set-asides and the protected class we were supposed to be. How is it that they get all of this and they did not go through what we went through? Get in line. That's why it's reparate, and you don't get any part of this because we are not minorities. We are not, my, we are not thrown in with everybody who did not have the the experience that we had in this country. I mean, I was in the store one day and this Asian woman came up and 
I don't know how the conversation came up. It, it was something that was going, maybe it was a TV plan. And then I was like, I said something. I just said something to myself. You know, they always want to get in the conversation. Because she was standing there, she was looking at something. And, you know, they always want to get in the conversation with you. I don't know why that is. Stay away from me. But anyway, look. So she said something. And I said, I, she didn't say anything. I said something to what was on the television. He said, oh, no, it's not that way. How would you know, lady? Your people, you just got here. How would you know? You didn't go through being drawn and quartered, castrated, tar and feathered. You didn't go through that. You didn't go from your children being ripped from you. You didn't go from your wife's, your wife or your significant other being raped. You didn't go through that. You might have went through that in your own country and you should be over there fighting to get reparations for that. But don't come get ours. That's why it is reparations then, reparations now, and reparations in the future. Let's keep this going right here. Let's let's continue on here. Black Indians and the black freedmen. So anything goes on the table, they divide it up between those groups. Those groups have no link. Here's my point, I'm gonna get off this subject. There's no link between, between fabricated minorities having a constitutional right. And the Supreme Court knew that. They knew that. But in 1965, when I was civil rights leader, I was meeting in, meeting in Washington with Martin Luther King and John Lewis and all the rest of these civil rights leaders, when, when white folks, white women, went down and took the 1964 act, we call an Opportunity Act, that President Johnson was proposing, they went in and said, look, don't make that thing strictly for black folk. You got you to you put women on there. But see, at that time, there's nothing in the Constitution talked about women and genders and all those things. Those things were added by white women who demanded, who demanded, went to the court and said, put gender on and sex discrimination, gender discrimination. I'm not a child. I'm grown. I'm trying to use my voice. I'm trying to use the bathroom. The lady is coming. I can use the bathroom. Now she needs to get to her door. Can I... In reality, they talk about the notorious RBG, you know, she just passed. But, you know, her thing was women's rights. Most, most to the point, Caucasian women's rights. It, she is a long line, in my opinion, of, remember, these are just our observations. You have to get off the hamster wheel get out that mindset that just because people are supposed to be quote-unquote liberal and they're supposed to be for the democrat way and for civil rights you have to figure out what civil rights they're for are they for your civil rights is your name is your group american blacks ever mentioned or do they talk about women's rights such as such and such, you got to get in where you fit in all these different people who clammed in and climbed on to what we had that us as a protected class were supposed to have. So when you're sitting there, the notorious RBG was nothing but a long line of women's suffrage, right? And what did the women's suffrage movement, the women's suffrage movement was worried about the black man getting the vote before they got the vote. It's always been something. And then many of the, in the women's suffrage movement 
were eugenicists. And, and remember, remember now when it was the women's suffrage movement, they tried to put Harriet Tubman in, but Harriet Tubman wasn't having nothing to do with them because it was crazy in, in her mind. And Ida B. Wells didn't want, didn't have anything to do with them either because it was crazy. And the AKAs wanted to march in the women's suffrage march. And the remember now, the eugenicists, they're, they will be today accelerationists. If you get yours, they would rather have a state ball. For real. On, on everything. Just do your research. Get off that hamster wheel. Get out that mindset. Create your mind state. Get research the information and get to the facts and say, yes, this is fact. Right? They are acceleration is if they didn't have it so the aka said well if we can't walk because they want them to march in the back pull up the rear like the caboose you good nick right and the aka said we look better than you we're more prettier than you our skin is fully baked they put the mirror up to them and said what how could you have us walk in the back and they said, no, we're not going to walk. But then some broke away from the AKAs and formed another sorority who then did march in the march and they marched in the back. So you see, people, as, as we go forward here, when they said the, the notorious RBG, she had... Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed on and her and Scalia were great friends on the court. You're like, well, if she's for civil rights, Scalia was a stump down as far as anybody could tell, bigot and worked to reverse everything that Thoroughgood Marshall got pushed into law when he was on the court. But they're friends and they, they eat Italian dinners and they listen to uh, to opera. Which there's nothing wrong with opera. You know, I, I, you know, you can listen to some opera. But come on. Marian Anderson, opera. But anyway, let's continue on. They don't even know who Marian Anderson is. Okay, y'all, y'all just look that up. Here we go. Get to my bathroom? Yep. No, what do I gotta listen to? No. What do I gotta listen to? Are you my boss? You are white privilege. You're not my boss. Okay. Sit down. Sit down. Okay, you're not my boss. You're white privilege. Sit down. You don't have privilege over me. Oh, I don't. Thank you. You have privilege. No, but all of a sudden you gotta go back here. You wait for me to get to my bathroom and have respect for me like you've been having. Call them now. Call them. Call them. Good. And I need to get to my bathroom. So you write and respect people. You have white privilege and it's not here. It's over with. Hey, I just wanted to give my opinion on something. Right here. 
the gun enthusiast is going to want to give his opinion. We're going to listen to it because it's very important. Listen to this. So this is what we are seeing. We have shown you two examples. We showed you young Karen. They got three different names for him. It's Karen, Sue, uh, 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 Elizabeth, something like that. You got three names. You got to bring that meme back up and, and memorize it. But here you are. These are the people who talk about that person who told him to get out her neighborhood because he was by her friend's house. She could be a liberal. Believing in civil rights. What civil rights are they talking about? The ones that that clamored in and made sure it wouldn't just be for American blacks to have after Martin Luther King took the took the slings and arrows, got stabbed in the chest by his own, got shot at, got stoned at, got got threatened, got uh, uh, framed by J. Edgar Hoover. All this stuff that happened. And all the people who marched out there and somehow a group of people who didn't have any skin in the game. It's about skin in the game. And we said that way back on an episode of Hashtag TFR Podcast Live that comes on on Sundays at 5.30 p.m. Pacific on the Film Review Life channel. Make sure you subscribe. We said way back that they had to have skin in the game. As soon as they get in the game, they start co-oping and wanting to make everybody anarchist or make Black Lives Matter seem like they're anarchists. Right? I mean, it's just crazy. What you got to say? You know, I I think during the uh, evolution of the American Civil Civil Liberties Union, I think that um, that that was an injustice uh, to civil rights in general because it was with them that they began to push through other things as civil rights civil rights the term civil rights in general should have just remained just having to do with us in general they could have named the offshoot of civil rights something else but because the main infraction and the first infraction was with us it should have remained just with us no other group should have been allowed to slide in under that label of of that and that's the problem because everybody else is going to take precedent everybody else is going to take priority and the nerve of some of them that are sliding in on their causes uh, uh, under civil rights and having the nerve to assign a level of importance to their civil rights as opposed to our civil rights and you know the people who are making the laws or whatever they're going along with that but I will say this too let me tell you something I watch people in it so I've been here 54 years and I watched things that appear to be comedy on the Lucy show and things like that when the man is a hi hello and he sounded you know uh, a masculine feminist and uh, the audience stuff was laughing everybody's laughing everybody's laughing I watched I watched them fight. I watched them uh, march. I watched them protest. I watched them push their way and force their way 
into laws and none of them wasn't sitting around talking about some well you know uh they weren't being diplomatic about it okay but they they pushed along until we we got infiltration in the military pushed along till we got infiltration in sports pushed along till we got positions in some of the highest offices in the land and we pushed along they pushed along till they have positioned themselves as a powerhouse in this nation i am talking about the homosexual community they pushed along and they slid that under and i'm not listen don't come for me it don't come for me you don't want to come for me because you're going to leave with your tail between your legs if you come for me listen i'm saying what i'm saying okay i'm not saying i don't have any hatred or uh things for homosexuals it ain't about that and i'm not going to put a disclaimer on that for too long you either believe it or you don't i don't care but they they pushed along until they positioned themselves in every arena in the courts whether it's down low undercover whatever in the court system in the white house in the capitol in the in the sports arena in the military in the schools as coaches for teams in high school in the ministry in they position themselves everywhere they push for rights to be uh, you're going to hear us you're going to hear us and you're going to do what the heck we say you're going to do it and they push and they push and i didn't see as much a uh, 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 backlash against them ever that we've had to go through but they pushed and they pushed and they got exactly what they're in every commercial they're in every movie scene they're in everything we don't know, we don't know what we're gonna get out of this, this but so, uh, uh, we're going to try to get a Well, we're going to Let's go through a little definite. Let's go through some definitions real quick. Let me bring this up. There's a lot of uh, anarchy going out in the street, right? Get ready on your keys, Tanya, because we're gonna uh, look up some definitions of these words, right? So let's look at ten forms of government, right? Because we've been given definitions. You got to go back to our shows from eleven up to now. From 11 to 19, right? You need you. You just need to go back and binge watch those shows because we bring definition. Because you have to know, you have to know, have heard and really understand what definitions when people are talking. When they talk about Marxism and all that on the thing, I say, well, that's nothing but a study of. And we've been through that. You need to go back there and see that. We're not going to repeat. Here we go. So, here are some definitions. So, 10 forms of government, anarchy, democracy, uh, that is too small, uh, monarchy, 
tyranny, republic, totalitarian, oligarchy, federation, theocracy, and communism, right? So, Tanya, look up anarchy and give us the definition of the government, of a government that is anarchy. There's a definition. Look up 10 forms of government and then it'll come up and give me the definition of a government as anarchy. Because this is very important of what we're seeing out in the streets and do you want to be in anarchy? Because America is the United States of America, a republic that is a democracy with a federal government. That's why they call it an experiment because they took three forms and melded them together to make this happen. So tell me, tell me what an anarchy government is. Okay, an anarchy government is having its roots from the Greek word meaning to meaning no rule. Anarchy is a state of absence of law. The theory of anarchism proposes to do away with any kind of existing governments and build a society wherein each person has the freedom to exercise his will without any controlling authority. I can't hear you. They can exercise their will. The anarchists and the accelerationists can get together and say, hey, let's go on a it's like the it's like the movie Gangs of New York where the blacks were just walking around aimlessly. I'm sure that's not how that was, but you know that's how old boy uh uh the director uh made it that way. But they said, you know, they started tarring feathering the blacks, they up there fighting each other. The nationalists, right, and the anarchists are up there fighting each other. And then, next thing you know, they start going after the... So this is what it is. So that is what anarchy is. That is what you're seeing on the streets. That is what you are against. And you are against any party that pushes for anarchy. What is democracy? Democracy is originating in ancient Greece democracy means rule of the people rule of the people the term today refers to a political system in which the, the people or their elected representatives govern themselves rather than being governed so everyone has an equal say in the decisions affecting their lives is that oh really okay I mean that's, that's the theory of it monarch monarchy yeah. what is that Monarchy, it is the type of government having a hereditary chief of state, like a king or queen, usually known as a monarch, with life tenure and powers varying from nominal, where the powers of the monarch are regulated by a constitution, to absolute, where the monarch enjoys unlimited powers. Most modern states with monarchic rule are constitutional monarchies with laws framed to protect the rights of the citizens. The era of absolute monarchs almost seems to have vanished now, and it is something that we hardly see. 
All right. So, in other words, the queen and the queen and the prince and, of England and all that—that's just more for for tourist attractions and show, right? So we hear this term constantly: tyranny. What is a tyranny government? The roots of this kind of rule from Latin tyrannia, tyrannia, meaning the rule of a tyrant, which is a cruel master. It is the government of authority or authority of an absolute ruler, hence arbitrary exercise of power over subjects and others not requisite for the purposes of government or approved by law and justice. Such a rule has a negative connotation as it is often characterized by the threat of punishment and violence. All right, so tyranny, tyranny, right? So you, 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 we hear these terms, so we gave you the first five. Now, let's get back to my man who is a gun enthusiast, enthusiast, who is part of the Huey P. Newton Gun Club. If you don't know what Huey P. Newton was about, if you don't know what Huey, thank you, thank you, uh, Tracy Latrice, Martin Scorsese, Gangs of New York. Make sure you go back. We talked about Gangs of New York in, in our episode here on Hashtag TFR Podcast. Like, we break these things down for you. It's no mystery after you finish listening to what we're talking about, right? And you go do your own research. But let's listen to Huey, the, the enthusiast from the Huey P. Newton Gun Club. You know what I've been thinking about today, right? I'm just going to make this real quick and real simple, okay? If you are a member of the Huey P. Newton Gun Club, and I don't care where in the country, where in the world, whatever chapter you belong to doesn't matter. You need to own a semi-automatic rifle. Point blank, period. Okay? If you don't own one, then you're not ready, okay? You're not ready to perform uh, your duties, perform your mission. Again, that's just my opinion. If you feel, as an American black person, that that made you afraid I am sorry, I'm not sorry to tell you that most likely, and and you you feel sorry, and you you feel like this man is going too far having this semi-automatic weapon, that you feel like he's going too far, you most likely are a coon. I just want to tell you that. If you take offense to hip-hop, reality rap, as I call it, and they in the videos today or just hip-hop and general rap and they brandish guns in there and they show you that they got firepower and you feel some offense to that they may be rapping and pointing the guns at the wrong enemy but if you are afraid of that of a black man or a black woman american black woman or american black man having a weapon of firepower, you must be on the accelerationist side or even the anarchist side because on the anarchist side, they want to take guns away. And who would they take guns away from? So this is what you got to look at. So if you feel that way, most likely, 
beyond a shadow of a doubt, you are a coon. If you listen to hip hop records and you watch videos, you say, oh, I'm so, <coughs> I'm so appalled that these young black males are showing strength and showing that they have firepower too, then you're worse than the people who are afraid that one day the weapons will be aimed at the right enemy. You're a friend of those anarchists or accelerationists, and most likely, unfortunately, you are a coon. I'm looking right at him, telling you, unfortunately, right? Because the reason why they don't want the young to have the pistols is because if it ever turns... But this is just our observations and our opinions on hashtag TFROP episode 19. But this, so if you feel anything other than go on ahead, brother, go ahead. The only thing I'll say is once the ammunition is gone, that's for everybody. Once the ammunition is gone, then what you doing then? Here we go. And I know everybody can't afford one right now. And, you know, it doesn't matter what kind you get. It doesn't have to be an AR-15, you know, like I have. It can be an AK-47, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter uh, what manufacturer, caliber, whatever you want to get. But everybody needs to have one, all right? I mean, it's okay to have a shotgun. It's okay to have a pistol. All those things are good. But you're not ready to actually go to combat, okay? You're not ready, okay, because the others, and we know who I'm talking about, the others have more firepower than we do, you know, point blank, period. And people, you know, talk about revolution, they talk about this and that, talk about defending our communities, but you're not ready, okay? So... Again, I know everybody's, you know, uh, finances are different, you know, and me on here saying go get it, and you probably can't afford it. But y'all need to make some sacrifices, all right? I mean, look around your house. Sell some shit. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm laughing, but I'm serious. Have a garage sale. We come here today with an opportunity. Hold up for a minute. Now. When it comes to combat, you also got to be in cardiovascular shape. And you got to be muscular. You got to be there because, you know, some of them, the others, as he said, they on roids. You know, so you got to be natural so that when you... But anyway, that's another discussion for another time. But anyway, you need to be in shape. Because if I remember when we talked about the Black Panthers from Milwaukee, and I saw a dude, and I was like, well... If it got to having to run, he wouldn't be able to run a long distance. Like, we're not ready. We're really not ready for combat because it's more than just using a semi-automatic. Because sometimes semi-automatics, they jam it, whatever they do. You got to be able to go fist the cuff. You got to go hand-to-hand combat. Where's your bayonet? But anyway, that's, that's another story for another time. So that is an extreme. Now... This is Tim Scott. Tim Scott is a Republican senator. I know some of y'all just dropped off as soon as you saw him. He said, this coon here, he's with the Republican Party. He's a coon, he's a coon. But you know what? The man brought legislation. He brought the Justice Act, right? He brought the Justice Act. 
And as we go through this, he was willing to bring amendments, as many amendments as the Democrats wanted. Now, how many people have died since George Floyd? All of those cops, if those two bills had merged together, we've talked about this before, if the two bills had merged together, it would have been law, the House would have put the money behind it to give it the functionality, and these officers would have been arrested. But they played politics with you like Teddy Kennedy played politics with Nixon when Nixon gave them 75% of what the Democrats wanted as far as health care was concerned and was willing to have amendments. Also, go check it. And Teddy Kennedy said no, and it took until Barack Obama. That is a disgrace, and they're playing with you, and it will be another 50 years, and they're playing with you, and this is a black man. I don't go by, I do not go by party. I am not a Dixiecrat coon. I am not a Republican coon. I am not an independent or a nonpartisan coon. I am about American blacks. And when the man came with it, he came with it, and let's listen to this. This is before the vote. This is before the vote when he thought that he had the votes with the Dixiecrats, uh, old Corey and Kumala, because she's not black, she's Indian. Kumala, you can look at her and tell. Can people wake up? Like, really? Kumala, and, and Kumala was never with it. Corey said he was, but then he traded off. And they only had two Democrats vote for it? When it could have went, it's supposed to merge. Learn how, we're going to talk about how government works tomorrow. We're going to show you, we're going to break it down on paper so that you will have it. Because just talking about it, talk is cheap. We put it on paper, paper like the Euro or the European thinks. What's on paper is what it is. So let's go on home, head on with this. The same to America. We hear you. I have experienced your pain. Stopped 18 times in the last two decades. In one year, seven times as an elected official. We gather in honor of those Americans and so many others. George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Armand Arbery, Botham Jean, Terrence Kutcher, Jordan Davis, Oscar Grant, Philando Castile, Freddie Gray, Walter Scott, Tamir Rice, Michael Brown, Eric Trayvon Martin. Now, Oscar Grant was in California. She should know that without reading off paper. This is that symbolic moment to where we're, we're American blacks and we're not about symbolic moments. Here's a symbolic moment where they kneeled in kente cloth. Like, who, first of all, kente cloth is from Ghana. How many American blacks that were standing up there? Well, a lot of, a lot of the Congressional Black Caucus, which is a problem, are immigrants themselves. It's a problem, people. A problem. But let's just say that they were American blacks just for argument. 
How many of those American blacks actually know that they come from Ghana, where Kente cloth comes from? Who came up with the idea for the white representatives and the white senators to wear a Kente cloth instead of wearing their coat of arms, their colors representing that their people are behind the fight or with the fight, standing shoulder to shoulder with American blacks to see this evil ending. Why would they wear a Kente cloth? Huh? Let's continue on. Okay, wait a minute. All right, let's see. This movement of na- moment of national anguish is okay. being transformed into a movement of national action as Americans from across the country peacefully protest to demand an end to injustice. We cannot settle for anything less than transformative structural change, which is why the Justice in Policing Act will remove barriers to prosecuting police misconduct and covering damages by addressing the quality immunity doctrine. It will end to will demilitarize the police by limiting the transfer of military weaponry to state and local police departments. It will combat police brutality by requiring body and dashboard cameras, banning chokeholds, no-knock warrants in drug cases, and end racial profiling. Uh, we'll start. Uh, we'll finally make lynching, Mr. Hoyer, a federal hate crime. And I salute uh, Chair, Chairwoman Bass and Representative Bobby Smith and our two distinguished Senators Harrison Booker and others uh, for their work in helping to pass HR 35 this year. There's a scripture. So now, the Democrats did symbolic. They, they passed their bill in the House, right? The Senate is 53 Republicans and the balance are Democrats. And so the Democrats in there scuttled Tim Scott's bill. And this is what he says after they scuttled his bill. Now pay attention. Like I said, I am not about party. I'm about American blacks, right? I'm about where the voice comes from, no matter what party they are. We are about getting something solved. If they had passed that version, the House version passed, it would have came over, they would have merged the bills, and as you will hear, he was it was set up to give them as many amendments as they needed to make this pass through, but they did not want to. They played politics with American black people's lives, talking about let Biden get it and then we'll do it. That can kick the road, it can, the can can kick down the road another 50 years, because if they mess up in two years, they'll be talking about, oh, well, there's more Republicans right now that are up in the Senate. Come next two years, it'll be more Democrats up. Then they say, well, we won't do it until we get this voting done. We won't get it in through until we get this voting done. And so it can kick down the road forever. And we got a phone call. So let's uh, bring the phone call in. 
702, you're on the line. I believe this is uh, Tracy Latrice. What's going on? Hey, I have to call in. I was listening to uh, Pelosi, and she stuttered. She did a lot of stuttering. So, for me, I'm listening to that, and I'm like, okay, she wasn't sincere. Because I've seen her speak. You know, she practically speaks daily, you know, on a different program. But this is the first time she uh, starts stuttering. Um, it was a good she wasn't sincere, and truly, I don't think she was sincere because when Pelosi and Schumer, when they want to pass a bill, believe me, they get a bill passed. They sit down, they got sit down with Republicans together and pass the bill. She had no intention on passing the bill. All of that was just smoking mirrors, wearing a ten-pick cloth, kneeling down. She was insincere. I just had to call and say that because it's, 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 people can't see through her. And I'm just, I'm tired of it. People need to either be more well-led or just stay out of politics and just go vote clearly. If you're not going to educate yourself, and this is a serious matter, right? Educate, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, nephews. Your neighbors, God, kids, whatever. Just stop voting blindly for the Democratic Party or Republican Party, whatever. If neither party has any intentions or passes any type of bill that can benefit you and your people, why are you doing this? Just don't vote. Just don't vote. Hmm. Thank you. Me, Thank you for calling in. Oh, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let, me, let me get you so you can be heard here. Uh, she is absolutely... Can you hear me? Okay. Uh, she is absolutely right in uh, what she just said um, because... So they're not only... So how, how much longer... Are y'all, uh, let me tell you what rape is. I know everybody knows what rape is, and we watch Law and Order, everybody know what rape is. All right, but one of the definitions of rape is to forcibly, basically, force yourself, force a situation that's un unwanted, that outrageous, an outrageous violation is one of the definitions. An act or instance of robbing or despoiling or carrying a person away by force, or I would say withholding things that are just due according to the Constitution. Now, either something is wrong here, something is not balancing out. The systems of checks and balances are not balancing out. Now, okay, so we are considered American citizens with certain inalienable rights that are covered in the Constitution. Yet, there's so much that goes on against us that's contrary to what it says. And when it's time to address those things or redress those things, they're not uh, even being proactive in doing so. And not only 
the subject of reparations, but the bills needed to make uh, for us to have peace, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is being violated uh, in our day-to-day interactions. That when I want a census worker can't go to a neighborhood and do his job because he's black, when others of us can't do or are hindered from doing things that should be just a normal flow. We can't do it because of some ignorant person, right? So we're sitting here and we're looking at it. We're faced with a situation now. This is the rubber meets the road, back is against the wall. What you gonna do? It's like, you gonna keep doing the same thing. We had this discussion before and I've been quite passionate about doing the same thing over and over again and acting like something is not clicking up here. To see the things that are going on and to see, to experience certain things, or maybe it hasn't hit close enough to home for you yet because you haven't been stopped by the police and harassed by the police uh, because you live in your nice home in the burbs, you know, and because you drive two luxury vehicles and because you have your degrees, by the way, you keep hitting glass ceilings in case you didn't know, because you have your degrees and stuff like that and things are not things are okay with you oh I'm fine you know I'm fine I got my six figures I got my life insurance policies I got my investments I got things are growing my kids are in college you know I'm doing good I'm rubbing elbows with the the elite in my field or whatever I'm doing fine I'm doing fine I don't have these and so you sit off from afar and you sit in your living room and you have the TV on and you see shows like this or you see clips from people being harassed or people being shot or people and you look at it and you say oh what a shame and in your heart of hearts deep down inside in the deepest recesses of your heart you're saying you know you feel some kind of way but you sitting on that cotton you sitting on that that cushion and so you don't feel led or you don't oh and don't let's not forget about your religion you know god is so good ain't he and you sit there and you don't do anything you don't say anything you don't you're not you stay out of you scared to drive through the hood you know, I'm not saying to go the way of danger if you know it's dangerous to keep going, but I'm saying you are completely out of touch with the realities that still plague you because you're sitting in a comfort zone. But guess what? When this stuff hit the fan and the denials hit the fan and the repercussions hit the fan, you are going to be included with those of us who sees things a certain way else you're gonna be kowtowing trying to explain well you know i never said that i was cool i was fine we were fine with our we were fine we were we were we was thankful boss we was thankful for what we had boss the peace that we had boss we was thankful we can get out there with them why are you taking ours away because the the crumbs that was thrown from massa's table was to create the division well, no, I went to school for this. Yep, you still paying those loans, huh? You still enslaved. Uh, you still enslaved. And so we look at this person, the, the, Tim Scott, the bill was, uh, the, the details of the bill was were very good. 
But then you have these representatives here in this Kenty cloth that Dee mentioned earlier. I'm very worried when I see when I see a bunch of white people standing up in, in any kind of garb coming from any place, uh, an African associated with black and is misconstrued or whatever, when I see that, I automatically have a red flag go up. Okay, you're trying to get my confidences by this material. But see, I don't wear that, so you're not getting my confidence. I don't wear that. So, you know, I'm looking at this, and this is, we are being raped, systematically raped, over and over again, systematically raped. Do you know what happens to, and I'm going to get graphic, take the kids out the room. Do you know what happens to the behind hole of somebody who is raped over and over again? They can no longer hold their stool. They can't hold their feces. It just comes out because the muscle and tissue has been torn apart. It takes surgery to correct that. And yet in, in, by way of the spirit, this is what we are allowing to happen to us while we, and then the further tearing is when we go back and forth and you don't, don't have a vision at all. You can't see it at all. You can't see, oh, or you see it, but you like, yeah, well, you know, some things just is what it is. They are what we, what they are. You know why? That's for you. Because till my dying breath, it's not going to just be that way for me. So, you know, it's that way because we are complacent. We are stagnated. We are desensitized. We've been desensitized in our rectal area. We've been desensitized. And so we keep continually being raped over and over and over again while they keep re, um, repackaging slavery. And because some of us have it a little better, nothing's happening. Because those that have it good, they're not stepping forth for reparations. They don't need it. The 300 and some thousand dollars they're talking about giving each person <laughs> That's those people's investment yield at, uh, at, at the end of every year. They don't need it. And some of us are in that position that may not need that 300 some thousand. But the whole thing is that 300 some thousand is a kick in the teeth too. You owe us trillions of dollars. And that's just the monetary value of what was owed. Let's not talk about all the inventions all of the things that we use from day to day, all of our intellectual property. Let's not talk about that. You owe us much more than trillions. You owe us everything. And so to hold back anything is a gross, gross raping. A gross rape of any kind is, is not pleasant. But this is gross in position. Gross. And so until... We have moved from, okay, we're talking about reparations. Now let's get to the table. I, we need to go, see, we need to skip some steps in this process because you've been dragging your feet too long. We need to skip the steps. We're not talking now. Come to the table with solutions. Come to the table with, when you step to us, you say, this is what we've begun. And we've, we've come up with a five-year plan that we start here and, we, and we're already doing this. This is in motion. 
this is phase two, phase three, and so on and so forth. And that's it. That's then it. We Other get, than that, then, no reparations, no more. And then we get to say, no, well, you know, we, we, we have this counter offer because this is what we really want. So go base off of this and then we can come back and uh, discuss what you're talking about. But let's continue with this because Tim Scott comes up after the vote and he says this. And I don't think people were listening because all they said was, oh, he's a cone, he's a cone. I'm American black. I'm about the black voice. I'm not about the party. They're working, helping to pass HR 35 this year. There's a scripture in the Bible, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, somewhere around verse 6. And that scripture talks about a watchman on a wall. And his job is to simply say there's danger coming. Very important job. The watchman's job is to simply say there is danger coming. I had that conversation as Senator Purdue spoke about five years ago. I didn't find anyone on the other side willing to engage in that conversation then. And here we are five years later. There is danger coming. We just lost the vote on the Senate floor to move meaningful police reform forward. Why is that important? It's not important for Republicans and, or Democrats, frankly. It's important for kids growing up in the same situation that I found myself growing up in several years ago. I wanted to say to people that we're listening, we're seeing, we're seeing you. We hear your concerns. We had a chance to pass really bipartisan legislation. The House priorities and my priorities align pretty well. I offered <laughs> five amendments to their first set of requests. Then they said they wanted more, so I offered 20 more amendments and a manager's amendment. Now, what's a manager's amendment? It's, it's a boring term for whatever you want to add in, let's do it. The problem was they weren't looking for the what, they were looking at the who. Uh, the challenge came down to a simple thing, me. The Republican Party is not the party they wanted leading this debate. They want Democrats to do it after the election. At the very same time that America refused to give the Negro any land, through an act of Congress, our government was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that it was willing to undergird its white peasants from Europe with an economic floor. But not only did they give the land, they built land-grant colleges with government money to teach them how to farm. Not only that, they provided county agents to further their expertise in farming. Not only that, they provided low interest rates in order that they could mechanize their farms. Not only that, today many of these people are receiving millions of dollars in federal subsidies not to farm and they are the very people telling the black man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps that's the martin luther king they tell you 1963 they don't show you 1967 68 
the Martin Luther King that had went through all the paces and said, hey, why are they talking about giving us fucking loans to put us in debt with a $15,000 rebate, but they're giving immigrants TIN number, uh, subsidized housing in the suburbs, uh, the right to vote, free health care, no copay, and the right to vote. Right? And your jobs. You're going to be training the jobs. You're going to get the pink slip. This is the same thing. They don't tell you about that, Martin Luther King. Wake up, people. And you're voting for that. You're voting for something that was given to people for free. You're going to vote so you can get you a house and go into debt. Where they should be giving it to you for free like they do the immigrant. Because the immigrant is getting our set aside. Wake up. This has been another great episode of hashtag TFR podcast live OB every weekdays mornings 9.30 a.m. Pacific 12.30 p.m. Eastern we will see you tomorrow with another great episode and it goes like that there's something about Germany why I made the curators thick of the Hollywood French Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.